what really gets my dick hard is Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck, and I'm Clint Wells, and this is revisited number six. And uh, unfortunately, um, here we are remembering the late, the great, one of the best songwriters of all time, Mr. Tom Petty. Man, as if that day, you know, that day started for many of us waking up to the news of what had happened in Vegas. Yeah, and I already hard I, enough. And I work in country music, so m- most of the people there are people I work with and know. And yeah. So it was the sort of nightmare scenario of getting texts of people thinking I might have been there, sending out texts yeah. trying to figure out who was there and if they were hurt. And the day just kept unfolding, and you found out more and more people had, had died. And and the, I mean, aside from you know it being specifically a country music festival, you know that kind of stuff. When that happened, when the Bataclan happened in Paris, that that kind of stuff hits home for people like me and Clint because for that's sure. what we do for a living. You know, I'm often, I mean, literally the morning I found out, you know, I was at Red Rocks in Colorado and it's a, you know, there's no buildings around that obviously, but it's a big open air venue, you know, that kind of stuff weighs heavy on guys that tour and stuff, you know, you're, you're out in the open doing these shows and when something like this happens, it's so tragic and it's like, man, it just makes you think like, God, I do that for a living. That's like, like I had friends that were there. I had a friend that was in the hotel when that happened. Right. The, the, I had, the hotel what kind of went on lockdown. Oh yeah. My buddy was stuck up on the top floor for about 14 hours or something. Um, and you know, I had another old high school friend that was in the crowd and one of her friends was unfortunately killed running away. Mm-hmm. Just, wow. I mean, it was just a heavy, heavy day already. And then, you know, literally like, I want to say four hours later, like we're at the venue setting up and, one of our other texts was like, dude, like Tom Petty's in the hospital, he cardiac arrest and they found him unconscious. And I was just like, gosh, as if this day couldn't get any heavier, you know? Well, I know my, my, I think I, one of my initial sort of shocked tweets was like, please God, no, not Tom Petty. We need yeah. you more. We need you more than ever. Like, which is so true. You know, yeah. We, his music has been such a healing, uh, part of my life that on a day Same. like that was like, Oh no, we're gonna lose Tom too. Like this, yeah. the world just felt really. I don't know if you felt this experience of this, it's, but the world that day to me felt like colorless and, and kind of gray and tasteless. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like no, I, I, I mean, I literally know what you're saying because that day was a miserable day as as a touring, you know, person. It was unseasonally cold that day it was like like 38 degrees all day long it was gray it was raining it started snowing at one point it was just a gloomy day all around so that day basically fit everyone's mood and didn't definitely didn't help how you were feeling you know well and the news was kind of so fucked up too because it well you're dealing with the vegas stuff and that all that news is changing and then with tom it was like oh he's alive but he's on life support and it was like well what does that mean 
Right. Is that good or bad? And then you hear, oh, they're going to pull life support. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. What, why? And then you well, hear like, then yeah. you, did you see that like his daughter got upset at Rolling Stone because oh, Rolling yeah. Stone sort of prematurely reported that he had passed away when he was in fact still alive. Because I yeah, think they were, it was, t- they it was were a keeping tough him. thing. Like, yeah. well, he, they, pull, they pulled his life support because I mean, I think in his, you know, in his wishes were if he was ever to be, have to be put on life support that they pull it. Right. So, because uh, from what you know, everything I read was that you know that he was found unconscious. He uh, had full cardiac arrest. By the time they got to the hospital and got him hooked up and stuff, he was basically brain dead. And at that point, that's when his wishes were to be pulled off life support. And I actually had a, a good talk with our, our production manager, this guy Steve, who was actually uh, Soundgarden's production manager up until Chris Cornell died. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not only—I mean—he's told me mind-blowing stories about Chris you know over the past few months of touring together and what it was like that night and it was just heartbreaking stuff so he but he shared a story with me about his father it was pretty much the same his father passed away the same exact way and he said you know once once you pull off life support you know even though there's no brain function it's just a matter of hours that they'll still breathe on their own till their body just slowly shuts down so Tom Petty's daughter takes to Instagram, start, you know, just getting pissed off at Rolling Stone and posting all these, and also posting all these amazing photos of her and her dad, uh, her dad and her daughter, like, you know, all these great things about her father, like amazing. But the news was pretty fucked up regarding Tom Petty's death because it was, they prematurely reported all this shit. And it was like, yeah, and some people are like, oh, well, you know, he's brain dead, so he's dead. It's like, well, you know what? Put yourself in his daughter's shoes. Yeah, for sure. That's, if that's the, bullshit total bullshit man like you know wait wait for an official statement from his management or his or his family or something right. man like and guess what it's none of your fucking business it's this is for sure yeah tom is yeah of course he's you know one of the most public figures in the last 40 plus years but that's still someone's father you know that's someone's bandmate that's someone's well, whatever I, it's I, I and i think people confuse and i think maybe even i've been guilty of this in the past maybe a little bit but his music belongs to all of us but he does of course you know of course so and I understand as a fan, I understand that line gets kind of fucked up. I mean, I, I, yeah. I felt I felt personally offended that he passed away. I mean, I was personally offended that Chris Cornell died, you know? Right. But it, it, he's still a, his own person. And f- yeah. for Rolling Stone to jump the gun on that, for whatever reason, maybe, maybe it was innocent. Maybe they were just trying to be the first to draw traffic i mean i mean every every news outlet is nowadays nowadays every news outlet wants to be the first to report something it's all it's it's all gross now yeah totally so you know um yeah i don't know i I did see i saw one really cool uh quote on twitter i I don't know who the person was i just kind of scrolled past it and someone retweeted it but it said uh you know tom Tom petty didn't didn't wear his heart on his sleeve he he passed it around for all of us to see right and i mean that's that's i think that's very true if you listen to tom petty you know that about his music. I mean, he gave us a glimpse in, into into his soul, into his heart. You know, and you know, I know this isn't. He's not really related to Metallica in any way, but we can't not do this because Tom Petty. I guarantee James Hetfield is, is influenced by Tom Petty. You know, well, and I, and yeah, and I'll say, you know, if you guys don't know by now, Ethan and I have pretty eclectic music tastes, right? And we converge on Metallica. Metallica is one of the most important bands in our lives, but. You know, Tom Petty, uh, I mean, I tweeted and Instagrammed about it. I don't want to get too too, uh, wax too (laughs) poetic and lame about it. But, you know, his music, 
I believe has saved my life the same way Metallica has. Yeah. Kept me out of a lot of trouble, kept me safe from a lot of bad thoughts and bad feelings. And um, I think that he's written kind of the song, American songbook, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, when, uh, the other day when, you know, during setup at Red Rocks, we were all kind of discussing it throughout the day. And in, in addition to Las, the Las Vegas tragedy. And uh, at one point, I was just thinking to myself, like, is Tom Petty the greatest American songwriter that, that ever lived? Yeah, I mean, possibly. It, I mean, I, I would I would put him in the top five for sure. It'd be like, you know, him and Springsteen. And, yeah, you know, I mean. And Dylan. Dylan, for sure. Um, I mean, you could, into the country world, you know, you could have Johnny Cash or, you know, I mean, there's so many people that are great uh, songs, I but think- Tom I think Tom Petty smokes Johnny Cash personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as yeah, a songwriter. A, yeah, I'm a big Cash fan, but I agree with you. Me too. I mean, um, me too. But there, there's so many out there. But I mean, Tom Petty easily has to be up there with. I mean, the, the best of them. You know, I, I would put him above Bruce Springsteen personally. I would too, actually. I mean, he probably he might be number one for me. I, I don't I don't think I would count Neil Young because Neil Young's Canadian. So I, true. Yeah. Even though he did most of his work in California, but yeah, I think I mean I would put Tom Petty above Dylan for me. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I just never re- resonated with Dylan's music the way I have with Tom. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I and, mean, and, and that's not to say that he's not great at what he does, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, Tom's music. What was your? First dis- yeah, I was going to. I was going to ask you, like, kind of what? What's your story with coming online with him? And um, my story would have been. Let's see. I came online with Tom Petty. It was. It would be 1989 when I, it was the year. Full, full my, Moon Fever. Full Moon Fever, yeah. Um, that was a. If anyone was around and uh, old enough to remember that when that record came out, it was massive. Right. I mean, well, uh, that's the record for those of you who don't know that has "Free Fall" and "Running Down a Dream." I won't back down. Oh some yeah, some of his biggest hits were on some that record. Some of his biggest hits for sure, and that and that technically was his first solo album, even though first my solo Campbell, record, even though yeah. my Campbell played on it, but still, like, um, but yeah, I I remember being pretty young. I mean, I was uh, eleven years old. And I remember being at a friend's house, and this is this is when I st- my family still lived in Long Beach. It was like right before we moved to Orange County that year, and I remember uh, just hanging out at a friend's house, probably playing Nintendo or something. And dude's older brother had this record playing like all day. I think it had just come out, and uh, I just remember hearing all those songs, you know, running down and running down Dream resonated with me. I liked the guitars in it and all this stuff. Um, and from then it was just like, and then the next record into the Great Wide Open, it was like that famous video of Johnny Depp and and, and, yeah. and it's like he just got bigger and bigger throughout the 90s even though he yeah. was, he already had a monster career in the 80s and late and 70s. Learning to Fly was on that record too. Yep, which I think that was his longest running number one. Oh, really? Learning to Fly was? I, I think so, yeah. More than Free Fallen? I believe so, yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of when I came online and kind of just kept following him and, and, the, and the thing that I always loved about Tom Petty was... I mean, ever since I got into him, like every record after that and his past catalog, like every record's good. Oh, there, there's no bad record for sure. Tom Petty does not have a sane anger, you know? I mean, if he did, it would probably, I think people would generally agree that the last DJ was probably, which is, I think, 2002, but that would be the, a dipping point. But it's still a good record. There's still but one good, of my favorite material. One- we're going to do our top fives here soon. And one of my top fives is a deep cut from that record. So oh, cool. all of his records had great shit. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, for, for me, it was, it was, uh, I remember distinctly the, the record was Southern accents, which was 85 yeah. and yeah. the song, uh, don't come around here no more. That video on MTV, the kind yeah. of Alice in Wonderland video. 
Totally. That, yeah. And, and I, I do remember seeing that when I was younger before Full Moon Fever came out. But and I remember thinking it was really cool and crazy, but I, it, I never like got into it yet. You know, I didn't like ask my dad, like, get me the Tom Petty, you know? Well, I mean, same deal. I was like three or four. Like my parents is putting me in front of TV. Right. And that, that video scared me. There's the scene where they're eating the cake, but the cake is Alice. And Yeah, totally. But then you're right. Like I'm real similar to you is when I was old enough to really care about music, it would have been Full Moon Fever. And then, yeah, Into the Great Wide Open, I, I liked that Johnny Depp video. But then for me, the big one was Wildflowers, 94. Oh my gosh. God, that is... That is such an incredible record and it's it's interesting like throughout his career i mean this it's you know it's mainly tom petty and the heartbreakers for, for most of the albums he's released but he did three technically solo records but he talks about it in his documentary that you know he ends up bringing in some of the heartbreakers every time so he's yeah. he, he i think in the documentary he says something like so they're essentially heartbreakers records but well wildflowers just- is everyone but stan lynch yeah, yeah, and Stan Lynch was, I think, out of the band at that point. So yeah, the last thing he did was the Last Dance of Mary Jane, which was, which yeah. that was another big part of my childhood. But yeah, that was a for, huge but, song. But then for me, throughout the after Wildflowers, I kind of it's almost like it's almost like being from the South, like everyone goes to church, but you don't really, right. you know what I mean? Like everyone like loves Tom Petty. I, I never yeah. disliked Tom Petty, but it really wasn't until 2007, which isn't that long ago. When he came out with the my favorite solo record of his called Highway Companion. It's oh, just it's him. so good. It's just him, Jeff Lynn, and Mike Campbell, and Tom plays all the drums on it. Yeah, which is cool. So he came out with that record, which is his third solo record, and yeah. it coincided with that documentary, Running Down a Dream. And it, for those listening that have not seen Running Down a Dream, it's on oh Netflix my God. right now. It's required four, viewing. Four hours long. Required is, viewing. Yeah. It, after I've watched it probably three times now. Yeah, same. Um, and it's probably almost, what, 10 years old, I guess. Um, yeah. 2007. I, it, when I watch that documentary, it makes me wish that like every one of my favorite bands had a documentary that long. Cause you get to yeah. cover so much more material material in there. And, uh, I really would encourage anybody listening to watch that. Even if you're not a Tom Petty fan or you never really checked out his music, watch that documentary on Netflix and you'll just get a, a such a good idea of who this man was, like his passion for music, his passion for his fans being able to afford his albums. Like he fought his label for the price of his record and all oh, this cool stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I, I watched it and my, my end thought was like, God, Tom Petty's fucking punk rock, man. That guy just did what he wanted, played by his own rules. Well, and he was like, he's like, seems to be the coolest hang in rock and roll. Like, yeah. even when you get into the Traveling Wilburys, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the greatest super group ever put together. Ever, yes. Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, George Harrison, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like five of the greatest American songwriters ever. Ever, yeah. Well, minus Jeff Lynn, who's British. <laughs> and George Harrison, yeah. who's British. Who's British. <laughs> I guess I just always associate the sound of that record, though, with American music. Um, right, exactly. But um, but anyway, but, he, but you look at all these guys that wanted to work with Tom, and you know the Heartbreakers supported Bob Dylan as his band on the True yeah. Confessions tour. The Heartbreakers supported George Harrison as yeah. his band. The, the, the Heartbreakers supported Johnny Cash on the Unchained Rick Rubin record. Like yeah, everyone I mean, the, wanted the Heartbreakers. Oh yeah, um, I've got a really good quote from our mutual friend John Davis from Super Drag and Lisa Memory. The, mm-hmm. the day that Tom passed away, he put a picture of him up on Instagram and said, pardon my slang, but if Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, and George Harrison ask you to join their band, you're a bad motherfucker. Right. I true. mean, that's that's so true. I mean, you're right. Some of the greatest songwriters of our of our time want to work with Tom Petty, and they did so and did the Traveling Wilburys, which is another great record they did. There's another great quote from Stevie Nicks who says that she was such a huge Heartbreakers fan because Tom and Stevie had a big 
like kind of duet hit called Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Yeah. And uh, she said that at the height of Fleetwood Mac, if Tom Petty had asked her to join the Heartbreakers, she would have left them and done it. <laughs> and I think his response was, there's no girls in the Heartbreakers. <laughs> yeah, there's no girls in the Heartbreakers. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, so go watch that documentary. All, 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 all those little tidbits, me and Clint just kind of talked about are in there. And it's so it's such a well-done documentary. And you just really have a heart for this guy when you watch it. And what that documentary did for me, so from 2007 to maybe mid-2009, I was just obsessed with Tom Petty. Like, yeah. went back, got all the records, did all the deep cuts, read a bunch of books. There's a really good book called uh, Tom Petty Confessions that coincides with Highway Companion. That's just a great, cool. like, album by album, song by song, just interview with him talking about mm. his, his life and music. And That's very cool. I haven't, I haven't actually read that. I should check that out. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it. Um what else can we say? We're going to do our top five Tom yeah. Petty tunes. It's just, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the Cornell one. It's just like, you know, it's a bit of a shock, obviously. You know, Cornell was younger and took his own life. So that one hurt, I think, a little more. It did. It, you know, but Tom but, was still young. Yeah, Tom was 66, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like the first couple of days it happened because of the Las Vegas stuff. Because I was dealing with some family stuff with my grandfather, and I, I didn't have time to process the whole Tom Petty thing until a few days later. Right. You know, I was in the middle of working. I was just kind of like, oh, man. So the next day off I got, I just woke up and and was getting ready for the day, and just and I just, you know, put on the She's the One soundtrack, which is probably my favorite my Tom, fa- Tom Petty records. It's my favorite Heartbreakers record, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and uh, I just started listening to it, and then, then it started to kind of sink in. But one cool thing that happened, um, the only moment of, the, of that first day that we found out he died, and I believe it was still before they officially announced it, but um, uh, the band Dawes is opening up on this King's Leon tour, and I was standing side stage because earlier I heard them rehearsing Free Fall, and I was like, huh, I wonder if they're going to do that tonight. And those dudes walked out on stage in 35 degree weather and opened opened their whole set with Free Fallen. And the crowd wow. was just like, it, I got, I'm getting chills right now talking about it because it was this beautiful moment where there was still uncertainty about him and you knew he was going to pass, but <clears throat> it was still that shock. And all of a sudden they come out and do this. And the whole, I mean, the second they did the first two chords, the whole crowd was like, oh my God, you can tell they started cheering and singing along. It was such a cool I, moment. I wouldn't have been able to make it through it. I'm surprised that dude was able to do it without crying. Oh, I, I talked to him the next the next day and I just complimented them on, on their execution of the song. And and uh, I didn't talk to their singer, but I talked to their keyboard player and they're all super sweet dudes. And I was like, man, you guys really did a great job last night. That was so fitting. And I said, it, it, it you know, kind of helped me start the process of whoa tom petty's gone you know and he was like man he goes it was really hard to do and i guess they did it the next night uh, or two nights later at the, they did like a, their own show when we had a day off and they did it again and they said it, it was even harder because they did it at the beginning of their encore so they had like a ton of adrenaline still and the crowd right. was amped up and but it was such a cool moment wow well um, it's it's just real clear that his music meant a lot to a lot of people and yeah man I mean, if you go, a, a friend of mine, I remember telling me this on, on the Highway Companion Tour, was telling me that he wasn't really a huge Tom Petty fan, and he said yeah. he went to the show, and uh, the next day or whatever, when we were working at a guitar store, I was like, how was it? And he's like, dude, I didn't know I knew so many Tom Petty songs. He said it was yeah. just two, two hours, and this guy does not own any Tom Petty records. He yeah. just went because someone gave him a ticket. He said he sang almost every word for two hours. Yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how good that, a songwriter he was, and that's, that's how many hits he had. That's powerful. I mean, 
he he's part of the fabric you know of of music consciousness yeah for sure and i mean and and it's like and he also has other i mean he has that band mud crutch that he mud did crutch, bef- yeah before the heartbreakers and they they went ahead and got the band back together a couple years ago and recorded a new mud crutch record where tom petty's and a it, bass player and it's good it's really good <laughs> totally he's a great bass player he played bass on a lot of their stuff yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got um, Mud Crutch, he's got the Woolberries. You know, his last two records are actually really great. They're, uh, they're, they're a really record good. called Mojo and a record called Hypnotic Eye. Yeah. That we, my wife and I were really lucky to see Tom Petty in April, not that long ago this year. Man, I it was, an, it was an amazing show. I think I've talked about it on the show. And yeah. uh, even the, he played a couple of new tunes, you know, that we, it wasn't like a go get a beer moment it was like yeah they were just as good as anything else in his set which was by the way just filled with fucking hits hit I after know. hit after hit after hit and he did a whole which he did walls by the way but oh, he gosh. did a um he did a whole little wildflowers block where he did wildflowers good to be king time to move on oh, good to be king is great well and it was cool they did time to move on like i think that was kind of a rare little nugget from that record yeah for sure that's a great song. That whole record is awesome. That's it's I mean, just flawless. There's I not think a bad song on it. I would say like Wildflowers and She's the One are probably my top my top two. And you know what? We can tie this into Metallica because guess who produced both of those records? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Yep. The guy who did almost nothing for Death Magnetic is responsible for yeah. so many great because Rick Rubin did Wildflowers, She's the One, and Echo, which is a great. Echo is 90, awesome. 97. Great Tom Petty yeah. record. You know, yeah, man. So there's, props to Rick Rubin for all that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you guys are listening are just mostly metal fans or whatever, but you like good songwriting, you have to get into Tom Petty or at least go, you know, even just throw the greatest hits on to start, you know, just because there's a ton of them. Um, I mean, are there people who aren't into Tom Petty? Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, I've had a couple people like on Facebook, like, say like you know i've never been in a tom petty i've never liked his voice you know but rest what? in peace i'm like why would you even put that up you don't like him don't bother putting that shit up there like maybe okay i get it like he has a very distinct voice i dig it if you don't dig it that's fine but you cannot deny the ability of his songwriting skills no what does he what does he call it sometimes like the king of the first line or something he has a heard? great he has a great bunch of those little things i mean Have, he's the one yeah. kind of uh Credited for the "Don't bore us, get to the chorus" vibe, he does a fantastic job of that. He he never ever bores you. <laughs> like, I mean, the, you know? the in Nashville writing circles. I mean, we've been doing this for years. This isn't even. This isn't just because he passed away. But the whole "What would Tom Petty do?" thought experiment when you're stuck on a tune yeah. is just happens in every writing room every day in this fucking yeah. Town. It totally does. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I've described him as a beetle which is just in my own language of music, the highest compliment I can give someone. Yeah. Cause the Beatles are like un, un inhuman gods, you know, but right, he right. was like beat, he was like Beatle level songwriter and it seems Wait. so effortless. Yeah. He, he was our, he was our John Lennon, you know, he yeah, was our American sure. John Lennon. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough thing to process still. Like I've been listening to a lot of Tom Petty this week and even last night, I was just at the Hollywood Bowl where he played his last show on, on the right. 40th anniversary tour. 
and I had a, I had a friend that got to go to that show. I was just like, man, and I, I unfortunately never got to see Tom Petty live, which bums me oh, out. Oh man, yeah. Um, when he was in Nashville, and the show you went to, I was out of town, and right, yeah, just you know, and that that's you know that's fine. That that happens. And it's going to happen, but you know, I would have loved to have seen him live. He was pretty funny. He before he played, you got lucky, which is one of my favorites. He was oh, playing yeah. a playing a 12 string guitar he kind of did you got lucky kind of like acoustically with the 12 string yeah and he's like well he's like we're in nashville he's like i reckon everyone out there is a a songwriter and if you're not a songwriter you're probably a guitar player he's like let me tell you a little bit about let me tell you guitar players out there tell you a little bit about this guitar i'm holding here this is a uh this is a 12 string guitar which means that uh there's 12 strings on it instead of six <laughs> <laughs> And then he started playing You Got Lucky. It was really funny and charming. He seemed well, it, really he seemed really grateful for the yeah. fans. He had a lot of I saw a lot of moments on on the deck where he was just sort of taking it all in. And then when well, it yeah, got to the man. band introductions, he was so sweet and complimentary and seemed so grateful for his band. Well, I mean, those dudes, I mean, have backed him up for 40 years, you know, yeah. most of them. Yeah. Um I mean, those dudes are his best friends, you know, I, right. like I, I couldn't even imagine what those guys were going through that day that they found out he was rushed to the hospital, you know? And, right. um, but yeah, I mean that dude, I mean, 40, your 40th year tour, of, of course you're going to sit back on stage and just soak it in. Like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. And these many people are still showing up. I told Isabel at some point, cause it was sold out. It was like 23,000 people at Bridgestone yeah. here in Nashville. I said he's been selling out stadiums like this for almost for about thirty years. Yeah, for sure. Like almost his entire career, wherever he goes, every year he sells out rooms this big, if not. Oh bigger. yeah, very, very true, very true. Man, I mean, what a career the dude had. Um, yeah. What do you uh, What do you say? Do you want to go through our top five petty songs? Yeah, let's do our top fives. We'll start with you, and let's do uh, let's do five to one. Yeah, okay. Now, um, we're going to encourage all of you out there. Now, so let's say you are you listen to our show because you're a big metal guy or a big Metallica guy, and maybe you say, fuck Tom Petty. Maybe you say, I don't really know anything other than Free Fallen. I would encourage you to maybe make a Spotify. In fact, don't even fucking do that. Go to iTunes and invest $5 or $10, unless there's overlap, Yeah, and just buy these 10 songs that Ethan and I are talking about, and just check it out. Yeah, just give, yeah, give it a chance, you know. Um, just give it a shot. Yeah. All right. My number five is the album and song where I came online, Running Down a Dream from Full Moon Fever. Very cool. That one, I think because um, it was, now this was before I started playing guitar as a kid. I started playing guitar later that year, but my dad played and I loved that he played and it always fascinated me. And I think that... It's a great just, riff for, the, for oh, you riff so lovers cool. out there. It's a really great riff. The, it is. The, the quote from uh, Jeff Lynn who produced uh, Full Moon Fever the quote was when Mike Campbell showed him that riff, Jeff Lynn said, you know, every riff has been written and like already thought of and created. And you just yeah. came up with the last one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cause it's on the Eastern. Go, 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 go. Yeah. He's like, I thought, I thought everyone had already written all those, but you just wrote the last one. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Totally. And I love in, in the chorus, like running down a dream, that acoustic. It's just like that little overdub of acoustic there. It's so cool. Um, my number four is uh, one of your favorites. You got lucky off of Long After Dark. Hell yeah! Such a good song. Great song and a really cool weird video too. 
Yeah, that's right. I haven't, I haven't watched that video in a while. It's like a long form video where there's like a story and there's like a big intro. Yeah, it's yeah. Of, it's kind of like into the Great Wide Open. There's a big story. Yeah, totally. But what a All cool right. like. Um, I love the keys at the very beginning. They're so creepy and eerie and and kind of eighty sounding, but very. But but that, but that you that know guitar part that comes in, it's like it's real, so good. Down, 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 down. Oh it's man, it's just like classic Petty. I know it totally is. Um, all right, my number three. I actually have a story, uh, a very recent, within twelve hour story to go along with this. Um, my number three is the song "Southern Accents" off of the said album. Southern beautiful. Accents, beautiful, beautiful, song. beautiful song. So, last night, uh, Kings Leon did um, the Hollywood Bowl, like I mentioned before, and it was only two weeks ago that Tom Petty played his what would be his last show ever, but last show of the fortieth anniversary tour there. And uh, so last night before the band went into one of their songs called Back Down South, they did the first two verses of Southern Accents. Mm. And it was a last minute thing. They kind of just rehearsed it real quick. And it was like this cool moment. And, and Caleb said some really good stuff about that record because that's when he came online with Tom Petty. Uh, that was the first record he bought. And oh, so he cool. had some really cool things about, you know, and he's, and, and you can look up stuff in the past. Kings have often said Tom Petty is a big influence on them. And, and that's what kind of helped Caleb shape his songwriting. So he said well, that. I think, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It was just a I cool think moment. Any, any, you know? any American rock band is going to be touched by the heartbreakers. Oh yeah. Especially, I mean, especially if you're our age, it's just impossible to escape that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure our friends over at single podcast theory will talk about Tom Petty cause it's Eddie Vedder's favorite artist. Oh, for sure. And you know, you know? Eddie Vedder covered, or they didn't even cover played the sang the waiting with Tom and yeah, totally. Um, um, that's so yeah, cool that, that Kings did a little tribute. It's funny that they chose that because what's the album called that they had that you said back down South? Well, the song, the song's called back down South. Well, you know, Tom Petty has a song called on the highway companion called down South or down South. The, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, the lyric is headed back down South. It's like that exact thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. There's, there's, there's a uh, Caleb's influence, <laughs> you know, very um, cool. All right. So number two, uh, Wildflowers off of the album Wildflowers. Very cool. I think I think that song Wildflowers is is a perfect song. Did you know that that's Lindsey Buckingham singing BGVs on that? Oh, is it really? That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, Very Wildflowers cool. is is one of his greatest songs. Absolutely, just a real simple acoustic arrangement, acoustic and a piano. Yeah, man, it's so it's so pretty and. I actually a couple a couple years ago uh, played that song at a friend's wedding because his the girl he married it was her favorite song. And uh, I was super scared to do it because I'm not Tom Petty, <laughs> you know. I have, but, a uh, much, I have a much less sweet story about that. When I did see them in April, I was drinking beer during the show and I had to go pee. Like I held it as yeah. long as I could. While I'm peeing, I hear him start to play Wildflowers. Oh, and zip it up. I, I, I could have just torn my penis off my <laughs> torso to get back to my seat to hear that song. Yeah, man. Which is pretty similar to playing it at a wedding. Oh yeah, it's very very similar. I had to pee really bad too, so I get it. Uh, well, <laughs> um, <all right. laughs> I get it. <laughs> my uh, my number one, hands down, favorite Tom Petty song is from the She's the One soundtrack, Walls. All right, I hear and that. You're, you're going to hear that at the very end of this episode in its entirety. So that even if you don't go check out any of these songs, you're at least going to get to hear a full Tom Petty song at the end of this episode. So yeah, recapping number five, Running Down a Dream. Number four, You Got Lucky. Number three, Southern Accents. Number two, Wildflowers. And number one, Walls. All right, very cool. Um, What's yours? We do have one overlap. I'm happy to say, uh, but I figured, only one. Yeah. So at number I, five, I, I, I could, I think I could, I could guess it, but go ahead. 
I know because we've privately kind of talked about it. So my wife even told me last night she she guessed what it would be. Um, yeah. So my number five, uh, I wanted to do a tie so bad, and I think because it's our show, I'll just let it be a tie. Tie between Listen to Her Heart, which is an early track. It Ooh, was yeah. a single off the uh, second record. Um, you're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, she's going to listen to her heart. It's a great song. I have that ta- number five sharing the slot with a deep cut from the last DJ. I mentioned it a little earlier. It's called Have Love Will Travel. You familiar with that tune? Not not really. I, and that's yeah, a record I need to dive back into. Yeah, love travel with you everywhere. Baby, okay. make my love travel with you always. It's just super buried on that record. I think, you know, they did do it on SNL, whatever year cycle, 2002, uh, okay. they were doing that. It's this really beautiful song uh, called Have Love, Will Travel. That's my number five. Yeah. Number four, it's tempting when you make these lists to try to make them cool, like deep cut shit, but mine is similar to your last, like they're mostly hits, but. Yeah, but that's four, Tom Petty. I, I had to go with Don't Come Around Here No More. Dude, yeah. Because the song, the video, of course, is just indelibly printed on my young mind because it was so cool right. and weird. But the song itself, so he co-wrote that with Dave Stewart, and it sounds, Dave Stewart's from the Eurythmics. Yeah, yeah. And it just sounds so different than anything they ever had done or have done since. Right, yeah. And that, that drum loop thing is just sort of, to me, it's as classic as come together. Like yeah, the cool sitar stuff on it. The like, sitar. Yeah, the sitar is almost like the, the first Stop. the first hook on it too. Oh my! When you God. first hear that sitar, you know right away what the song is. And then I love the way it kind of opens up and goes to double time at the end. Yeah, I love totally. all the BGVs on it, and it's such a strange, cool song. It is because you know, and I wanted to tell this story too. So, as a songwriter in town, one of the things you're trying to do, if you can is get a publishing deal where you're a part of a pub house. They help pitch your songs, get you co-writes, and they pay you a little salary to write. Everyone in town tries to get one, blah, blah, blah. And my first, when I was really green in town, my first publishing meeting was with a dude. I was really nervous. And in a publishing meeting, you you go into a pub room and you either play your songs on a guitar or you have a CD and you you basically play someone your songs and try to get a deal. It's almost like getting a record deal. Right, right. And I remember going in this real puffy, stuffy room with this fucking suit and tie type cat and this is maybe in 2011 and uh he's before he we even heard a note of my music he's like let me ask you a question man do you write commercial music or cool music and i will never forget like my answer to that was just tom petty (laughs) i was like because tom petty had a one of his great talents is writing obviously super commercial big big hits but if you really get inside these songs they're really strange yeah, for sure. And Don't Come Around Here No More is a great example of that. Oh, yeah. That's a very strange song. Like, why does it have to be either or? Like, Tom Petty paved the way to make to do both, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's my number four. My number three from the She's the One soundtrack, Angel Dream. Ooh, that's a good one. I dreamed you, I saw your face. Beautiful little ballad. And there's a couple yeah. of versions of it on the soundtrack. For those of you who don't know, the She's the One soundtrack is another Rick Rubin produced Heartbreakers record, kind of forgotten in the world somehow. I think so too, yeah. I think I think I think the song the song Walls kinda sheds a little light on it because that's such a big song of his, you know. But no one ever talks about that record, you know? Yeah, like, I know. It's got some great rockers on it. Um, yeah, for sure. My number two is track one from Echo called Room at the Top. Ooh, that's I a, got a room at the top of the world tonight. Tonight, yeah, for sure. Such a great song with a really great, crazy Mike Campbell solo. Yeah. By the way, Mike Campbell's in my top five guitar players of all time. 
I mean, he's up there with David Gilmore and Neil Young and Keith Richards. Yeah. Mike Campbell is and, and a guitar player I aspire to emulate in all of my work because he was so he is so tasteful and song serving. Oh right? yeah, he never steals the show. He's he plays what's needed. He plays what complements everything else and him and Tom and it, have had such a good writing working relationship for so long. It's just oh, like legendary. That's almost like a Lennon McCartney kind of vibe. I was, I was there, just know? about to say that exact same thing. Lennon McCartney yeah. level, Keith and Mick, you know, that whole deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's my number two. Number one, our one and only overlap, easily my favorite Tom Petty song of all time, Walls. Oh from my the gosh, She's dude. the One soundtrack. Uh, and so that's good. also Lindsey Buckingham doing the BGVs on this one too. Oh, okay. Very cool. Now that you mentioned that, I, I can hear it. I mean, Lindsey Buckingham kind of has that tone of voice that does sound, gives it that heartbreakers kind of sound too, you know? But, um, yeah, that's cool that he did the background vocals on this. Um, this, this song has some of my favorite lyrics of all time in it. I mean, uh, all some around days are diamonds, some days are rocks. Yeah. My favorite in this song, probably in the song is, uh, all around your Island. There's a barricade, um, keeps out the danger and holds in the pain. Yeah. Shit, man. That's good stuff right there. What does he say? Some days you're happy. Some days you cry. Part of me is ocean. Part of me is sky. Well, yeah. in the chorus, you got a heart so big it could crush this town, but I can't hold out forever. Even walls fall down. Yeah, come on. Man, come on, Tom. Come on. And that's God like, what, damn. 20 years after his career started, he's still writing that good? I mean, most most songwriters or guys in bands, frontmen, whatever, aren't aren't that fortunate or talented to at, at when they get in their 50s and 60s to still write good stuff like that oh for sure there's a lot of stuff there's a reason aerosmith hasn't put out a good record in a long time you know what i mean i, I love aerosmith i think they did a lot of cool stuff but yeah get you know, a grip what, might be the last great one yeah totally but guys like tom petty guys like elvis costello there's still you know, i would even say like Bob Dylan, in my opinion doesn't really put out that good of stuff no you know? and neither does really neither does mccartney i hate to say I think McCartney put, has put out like one good solo record in the last 15 or so years uh, called Chaos and Creation. Chaos and Creation, backyard. yeah. It's a Which great Nigel record. Godrich did, the Radiohead did. Beck producer yeah. did that. That is a great and, record. And I think what else makes that record great is that Paul played everything on it. Yeah. He didn't use his band. Um, but yeah, so Tom Petty's one of those rare artists that, you know, getting into his 60s, he's still putting out cool shit and he's still a great songwriter you know well you guys got it you guys just got to check out mojo and hypnotic eye and yeah. out and i would say uh highway companion 2006 highway companion, 2010 she's the one. 2014 yeah she's the one that's from 96 yeah you're right i mean the dude the dude started in in the mid 70s and had a vibrant booming career all through the 80s and then he was doing yeah. some of his best shit in the 90s i know and 2000s it's crazy so i mean in conclusion i would say Check out these 10 songs. Well, I guess it's nine songs. So we had one overlap. Check out those nine songs. Yeah. Um, check out the documentary called Running Down a Dream. It's on Netflix right now. It's unbelievable. It's just, I mean, if, again, if you're not even a Petty fan yet, it's just a great music documentary. Great music documentary. So, yeah, check that out and just start tapping into his catalog if you haven't really done it before. I mean, if you appreciate good songwriting, you will more than appreciate Tom Petty. And to Tom Petty, you know, I'll just I'll go out saying uh, I love you and I loved your music and uh, it's going to be part of the soundtrack of my life for as Agreed. long as I live. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you know, I would I would say to Tom Petty, thank you, thank you for sharing your heart with every person on this planet who listened to your music and it's made me a better musician and a better writer because of it. 
for sure. And we'll so, we'll send you out with uh, our favorite, collectively our favorite Tom Petty song, Walls. And uh, I guess we'll say peace. Adios.